Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. It's October 1st, 1869. And another remarkable event is about to be uncovered by Aria, Rebecca, and Ali, the Retrospectors. It was on this day that a light brown 8.5 centimeter by 12 centimeter rectangle with space on one side for the address and on the other side a short message was created by the Austrian Post in Vienna. And they called it a Korrespondenzkarte, and we might call it the postcard. And it was, by some reckonings, the very first of its kind. Yes, but it's not the fun kind of postcard you're thinking of with an amusing caricature of a woman in bloomers on a beach wielding a pair of melons. (laughs) Picture postcards weren't introduced until 1894, many years later. I sort of understand why, though, because it is a bit of a leap, isn't it, to feel entirely comfortable with the postman and everybody in your household being able to read your message. Somehow, just putting the address on one side and your message on the other feels more discreet the onus is then on Mm. everyone not to peek at your message ollie you sound like the prussian postal officials in the 1860s (laughs) i get that a lot (laughs) (laughs) when the wronged true inventor of the postcard dr heinrich von stefan proposed these simple cheap cards that could be sent through the post and officials basically thought who on earth in their right mind would send a message without an envelope where anyone like a servant for instance could read it so it was completely ignored and it was as you said at the beginning arian another four years before somebody was finally willing to embrace this radical revolution and the person who ended up inspiring the Austrian Postal Service was another doctor, Emanuel Hermann. Uh, he was a professor of economics in Vienna, and he had written an article in the newer Free Press pointing out that the time and effort involved in writing a letter was just out of proportion with the size of most messages sent. And so he thought that it would be much more practical and cheaper to just have some sort of short form message. And although this original postcard by the Viennese Postal Service didn't feature any illustrations. The first illustrated postcard actually came just one year later, but unfortunately, disappointingly for you, Ollie, it did not feature a buxom woman on a deck chair making a saucy innuendo. It featured a pile of guns because they were made for French soldiers in the Franco-Prussian War. (laughs) And actually, a a crucial part in the history of the picture postcard apparently was the Chicago World's Fair, playing a part yet again in the retrospectives. (laughs) Chang and Eng were there, Frederick Douglass, everyone loved the World's Fair. (laughs) Anyway, the World's Columbian Exposition of 18 1993, which was in Chicago, had over 26 million visitors, and a publisher there, Charles W. Goldsmith, seized the opportunity to produce a novelty set of official postcards with pictures of the pavilions, which were the first commercially produced pictorial postcards 
in the United States and they people bought them as souvenirs and that because before then they were seen as a practical alternative to letter writing much as text messages were to making a phone call so once the initial excitement of the technology had passed oh look a postcard people were sending things like I'll meet you at four o'clock by the clock tower but then the picture postcard turned it into something else again which is a souvenir this is the thing that's come from the place I've been. And in the first year that the Austrian Post released this thing, three million cards were sent out, even though you couldn't actually send them internationally yet. They were just within Austria. (laughs) And so they were just an instant phenomenon. People just embraced it. And you won't be surprised to learn that it did prompt backlash from the cultural conservatives of the day for reasons that might seem quite familiar to us now. People were addicted to postcards. Well, you're not too far (laughs) off. Lascivious messages. The LA Times wrote an article a few years ago in which they basically compared it to tweeting so straight away people were grumbling what kind of message would you send on such a small piece of paper not something worth reading uh, and mm. that Scribner's magazine in 1908 which was kind of the height of the postcard craze one of their writers complained I have no words in which to speak of this abomination it symbolises the triumph of the commonplace of the cheap and easy the utter capitulation of individuality which isn't too different from the way that people describe social media now also that could fit on a postcard so he does have words like that would be fine <laughs> well look if you could write if you could write <laughs> small enough do you remember getting ones when you were younger from people and they'd written in between the lines and everything like that yeah the whole thing was yeah just jammed with words going round and round in circles but isn't it interesting that again and again technology develops and shows that people are happy to embrace shorter form says the man who's just Mm. set up a daily podcast that's only 10 minutes long but i feel like you know even though we have the opportunity often to blather on people often more popularly gravitate towards the stuff Mm. that's briefer everyone's busy aren't they like a postcard is a wonderful thing it gets the point yeah and they were apparently nicknamed the poor man's telephone during the height of their popularity and i was really surprised to learn that it wasn't until the post-war period that majority of homes this is only in the u.s i couldn't find it for the uk but it wasn't until after the second world war the majority of u.s homes had their own telephone so if you wanted to send a quick message like you were saying meet me at the clock tower at 10 o'clock you know you're not going to write a whole letter about it are you and it's so much cheaper and easier to just send off one of these quick postcards and it it was just so weird to think of this role that they played before they became a seaside souvenir a lot of people who Mm. bought the illustrated ones actually bought them for themselves as a souvenir which is still how i use the fridge magnet by the way (laughs) i mean i've never sent a fridge magnet to anyone it's weird to give a fridge magnet to someone of a place they haven't been fridge magnets for me Particularly the ones with the scantily clad girls lying on a beach somewhere. No, Marion. I also like animated crabs and sometimes a combination of the two. I have a marvellous one from Malaga, uh, which is a lady holding a paella. That actually is marvellous. You can give that as a gift to me if you want. (laughs) Well, guys, I feel like we're tiptoeing around the saucy postcard issue. This is a classic British form of artistic expression. (laughs) <laughs> I actually laughed like Sid James there, appropriately. <laughs> yeah, it's like the nervous laughter that an erotic subject might be approaching. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> so they first appeared in the 1930s, and presumably they were getting raunchier over time, because in the early 1950s, the Tory government launched a crackdown on raunchiness. Local committees were formed to approve postcards in everywhere from Blackpool to Bognor Regis, and thousands of saucy postcards were seized from souvenir shops. Wow. I mean, you do get some quite sexually explicit ones, don't you, still in kind of Brits abroad tourist spots. And I feel like the appeal of those is that they push the boundary of what a Brit feels is an acceptable level of sexual innuendo. So that if you go to Margate, 
you get the ironic, bosomy, slightly elderly swimwear veteran. But if you go to Tenerife, you just get a close-up of a boob with Tenerife written on it. <laughs> it's such an obscene joke, isn't it, to send that to someone? Because it's so against our sensibilities, I feel. Whereas, uh, presumably in other places of the world, it was just like, why would you... Why would you send someone a picture of a boob drawn or <laughs> suggested? And so this censorship of raunchy postcards ended up peaking with the prosecution of Donald McGill, who was then approaching 80, and he was known as the king of the saucy seaside cards. He actually lived a very respectable middle-class <laughs> life. He was not very bawdy in person at all, and he actually said that his daughters would have run past any seaside souvenir shops they encountered precisely because they didn't want to see their dad's saucy innuendo postcards. Anyway, in 1954, he was prosecuted for breaking the Obscene Publications Act, and I'm sure you want to know what some of the offensive cartoons were yes please go on did it involve a stick of rock <laughs> ollie 10 out of 10 because the most oh, really? <laughs> the most objectionable postcard in the it's collection a limited repertoire to be fair yes portrays a man holding a very large stick of rock in a somewhat suggestive attitude protruding from his crotch and the caption simply says stick of rock cock which i would argue is treading the line into single entendre <laughs> Yeah, what's the, I mean, what is the, yeah, what's the joke? What's, what's the, the joke? What? I don't know. Is that the basis upon which he was taken to court, that it was just too stupid? Well, okay, this one I don't really understand, and I'll, and I'll tell you why, and I want to crowdsource your opinion on what this is. Mm-hmm. One of the other banned postcards shows a woman, she's going up to a kind of, you know, a bookie with an old-fashioned bookie coat on, and she says, I'd like to bet on the favourite. My fiancé gave me a pound to do it both ways. Now, I want to ask you something. Mm-hmm. What do you think mm. both ways meant in the context of the 1950s? Because I think it doesn't mean the thing that we would think it means. Oh, I think it does mean the thing we think it means. I think it probably I don't does. think that was even in the consciousness of the average postcard buyer. Yeah, but, well, yeah, but who are you sending it to? That's a joke for, like, blokes in the Navy, isn't it? Maybe. What else could it mean? Well, it's interesting that you asked that because McGill, in his defence, commented, in the, this was in court, he said through his lawyer, I would desire to point out that in quite a number of cards in question, I had no intention of double meaning, and in fact, a double meaning was in some case later pointed out to me. Mm, sure. <laughs> he was actually found guilty and fined £50, and although that wasn't a devastating fine, of course, the verdict had a chilling effect on the saucy postcard industry, despite the fact that there was a re-liberalising of attitudes in the late 50s and 60s, except on the Isle of Man, which kept its postcard censorship committee until 1989. Wow. I mean, to be fair, that is probably their main export. <laughs> <laughs> really, really boring postcards. <laughs> Tomorrow. In a fitting tribute, the chain's 2007 swimwear calendar was dedicated in his memory. That's lovely. Love the show? Support the show. Patreon.com slash Retrospectors. Part of the ACAST Creator Network. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 